This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with at the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything in the NFL and everything with the NFL. Kind of redundant right there, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. This week at a jam-packed show talking about Lamar Jackson, and then we are finishing up our kicker rankings for fantasy football we're actually finishing up our fantasy rankings by doing kickers we're not finishing up the kicker could you imagine we did like four weeks of just kicker rankings rank the kickers we're and go through it the ki- we're very gonna, detailed we're gonna rank the nfl kickers and we're gonna rank every single college kicker that'd be fun. every single even like d2 d3 naia we'll rank them all we're going all through the kickers but no we will rank our top 16 kickers later in the show before we get into everything, a little bit of housekeeping right here at the beginning. Number one, if you want to help support the channel, want to be a guest on the show, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Also, make sure to check our store link down below in the description where you can get an MVP t-shirt and rep the MVP brand. Also, make sure to go to mostvalpodcast.com, hit that bookmark. That's where you're going to catch everything for MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give the prime, or not the Primetime Podcast, the onside. But you can do it for them, You can do it for the Primetime Podcast as well. Give it a five-star rating and tell everyone why they should listen to the podcast. It's already been a long night, and we're not even fully done as we've got another podcast to pre-record after this one, Mark. But what we're diving into first before we get into our kicker rankings is we're going to talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson. And the reason why is it seems like at the OTAs or the mini camps or whatever practices are going on for the Ravens right now, he is shocking Baltimore. And just to read a quote, this one is from Raven wide receiver Chris Morris after the first day of the mandatory minicamp, he said, every time he runs, I'm in awe because most people, especially a quarterback, can't move the way he does. So you just know that this year he's going to make he's going to make some plays for sure. Then also you had CJ Mosley, who's a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Ravens, say, it's very creative. We don't know it's going to work until we put it out here. It's been given to us some problems on some of the plays. It's cool just to see the way we can swing things up with quarterbacks. As long as we don't have Joe Flacco doing too much running, that's really all that matters. So I want to ask you the key question. Yep. They've got Joe Flacco. They do. They now have Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. When is Lamar Jackson going to take the starting job away from Joe Flacco? Well, I, I think there's an interesting part here because they obviously love him. They've loved him mm-hmm. from the very start. The first thing they said about him, this guy's amazing. There's a reason you traded up to get that fifth-year option on the guy. Exactly. So some people might say, well, they want that fifth-year option because mm-hmm. they want years. They want an option there so that way they don't have to start him now. They can start him in mm-hmm. two, three years, whatever it might be. Yeah. But I'm thinking that they love this guy too much. Joe mm-hmm. Flacco is not a bad quarterback, but he's just an average quarterback. He has a Super Bowl ring that his defense was amazing for, and that was a big Mm -hmm. part of it. Although he did turn it on 
for sure. He was looking great that time, but he hasn't lived up to that big contract that he got. Mm-hmm. I think that he will probably be losing this starting job later in the season. I don't think it's an early thing. I think he's a later thing, but I will say one thing. I fully expect, because of a certain quote from uh, from John Harbaugh saying that using two quarterbacks at the same time gets the creative juices flowing, mm-hmm. this idea here makes me think, week one against the Bills, I fully expect Lamar Jackson to show up on that field at some point in time, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not a wildcat, obviously. He's, he's not a wide receiver or anything do you like think that. He'll, do you think he'll play somewhere else, though? Because they do... There is another ESPN story saying that Lamar Jackson has been lining up at other positions during Ravens. This is what I could well. expect. I kind of expect him to show up at wide receiver, play a down or two or something mm-hmm. like that, and then this is where the trick comes in. He's at wide receiver. Joe Flacco's there. This is when you do the wildcat. Mm-hmm. You switch the two guys, and all of a sudden everybody's freaking out. Lamar Jackson designed to run or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe a, a run pass option. And then he gets to shine. The thing is, some little moment like that's going to stick out in people's heads. And I don't think necessarily when, because the big thing that people are going to see is they're going to see this and go, whoa, wait, he said you don't want to play wide receiver. Why is he lining up in our position? You know what? His coach is telling him to. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a, all right, you're going to be a wide receiver. I'm thinking more importantly... All right, we're going to line you up in the slot. What's going to happen is you're going to start in motion. Joe Flacco's going to hike it. What's going to happen then, it's an option read at that point. So basically what's going to happen is Joe Flacco has the decision to make. Based off of what the defense has given him, if the middles open up, I'm going to hand it to the running back running right up the middle, or I give it to Joe Flacco, or I give it to Lamar Jackson running a sweep route, give it to him, and then basically at that point, it becomes a Lamar Jackson on a bootleg, receivers down the field, all right, read the defense. If you want to run it, go ahead. If yeah. not, go ahead and pass it. I fully expect to have Kind of like how the Steelers used here. to use Antoine randall mm-hmm. and have him throw some passes. Yeah. I mean, we saw it happen a couple times with Chicago with, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, whether it's a punter, whether it's Tariq Cohen, the running back, mm-hmm. throwing passes. You know, you have moments like that. And I think that the creative juices comment makes me think they're going to use him right away. Mm-hmm. But like I said... That's the kind of thing that's going to stick in people's heads. And Joe Flacco, you know, he he's not amazing. You know, he's not a guy who's going to get you 30 touchdowns in a season. Last year he had 18. Mm-hmm. That's not amazing. 64% completion, sure, you're happy with that. But like I said, you know, he's not a guy who's going to go out there and do a ton. He just got over 3,000 yards. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people are going to be begging Joe Flacco to leave or begging for Lamar Jackson. You know, Joe Flacco's not getting run out of town. But I just think that things are going to be a little stale. Mm-hmm. And this is a team last year who I would think describing as stale isn't that far off. Mm-hmm. Sure, they were able to score touchdowns. Their defense was really good. The running game was very good. But the passing game, below average. It's a below average passing game, uh, game in, game out. It's actually, actually, if you look at passing yards, they're one of the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, nine and seven, which is okay. But, you know, it's a winning record, but it's not amazing. You're not mm-hmm. guaranteed to get into the playoffs or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I just think that things are going to get stale. They're going to want something fresh. I know this is the wrong Harbaugh, 
But this is going to be the kind of thing like his brother who says, hey, now that I've got something fresh and exciting, I'm not turning back. And I'm not saying Joe Flacco is going to get injured, mm-hmm. but I just think that you're not going to have that same level of excitement. They're going to see it in the practice field. They know what they can get out of Lamar Jackson. I think they might get into a point if they're like a, let's say a 6-7 win team and there's five games, four games left of the season, they might mm-hmm. say, we can get into the playoffs. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to do it. I think Lamar Jackson gives us that spark. That's why I think late season is when we're going to see him come out and see him take this job. See, I'm on, I'm on the other side, whereas at this point in the year, at this point right now, I am saying Lamar Jackson will not start a game this season. And I know some people might be like, well, that's kind of weird because Joe Flacco's not going to be here forever. For me, the earliest Lamar Jackson starts a game is next year. And the reason why I say that is the Ravens, to me, didn't draft Lamar Jackson to take over this year. They're not going to have a rookie quarterback come in, and I don't think they're going to be a bad enough team to late in the year say, all right, these are meaningless games. I think that, if anything, they're in the hunt all the way through And at the worst, they have another season like they did last year, where it's like, man, if we would have just beat the Bengals, but that's why I think they'll make the switch. Well, and that's why for me, I don't think the trigger gets pulled this year. That's why I think the trigger gets pulled next year because they have another year of man, we could have made the playoffs, but we were one win short. Then during next off season, the questions start to turn. Man, we were really high on Lamar Jackson coming into this season. Man, we saw him in unique packages last year, but when is this guy going to get the start? And it's going to turn into a Lamar versus Joe full-on next offseason, and then it will become a, hey, you know what? Joe Flacco is on a short leash in 2019 because at the end of 2019, the Ravens could— Get out of his contract. And that is what I think, Mm -hmm. is if the Ravens miss the playoffs this year by one game, then it'll be a Lamar didn't start this year. All right, Joe, if you win the job next year, you're on a short leash because if we're going down the same path, we'll pull you, start Lamar, and then get ready after 2019. These mobile quarterbacks are always exciting. Mm -hmm. And and that's something you can't ignore. And it's exciting and a little bit maybe too hypey when you start seeing, like, the young Michael Vick. It's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. What I'm saying is it's exciting. Mm -hmm. You know you can get that excitement. It can spark your team. Like Joe Flacco is not exciting. Mm -hmm. Joe Flacco, no one's going to be excited about him. And when players start to say these things about – Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. and this particular quote is interesting because he's not saying that he's an amazing quarterback. Mm -hmm. They're talking about his running ability. You're talking about like the the more common. Yeah, they're talking about him as a wide receiver, him Mm -hmm. as a running back, him as a mobile quarterback, Yeah, these different options that he has. But those things are interesting. Now, what I find very interesting as well is Mm -hmm. I don't think people are saying Harbaugh is on a hot seat, but if this team starts to be in this kind of middle of the uh, road area, Mm-hmm. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2014. This is a team that needs something to happen. They need some, you know, spark. They need a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. To me, if I'm Harbaugh, I'm sitting there going, I don't know that I'm guaranteed I'm coming back next year. I might, if I don't make a playoff this year, I'm another nine and seven team or mm-hmm. eight and eight team. I don't know if that's good enough to get me my job back. Yeah, I might need to make that switch week ten, week mm-hmm. eleven, twelve. 
when it's like we're in the hunt, but we're just a little bit outside. And that I might have to make that exciting switch. And that'll to be make it happen. Different if this. Year, well, that's what I'm expecting to see. Yeah, I'm saying if this year happens, and by week ten, we really get stories on like NFL Live and stuff of like, oh, you know what, Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Then my opinion might change. Well, it might I, be like a, I don't think we need stories of him being mm-hmm. on the hot seat. I'm saying that if he is, if this team doesn't make the playoffs next year, there's a very real question of should he be gone? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's been a while. He, let I me, mean, that'll be five seasons me, that they haven't been in the playoffs. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. Let's say Joe Flacco starts every game this year. They go nine and seven, and they miss the playoffs. Do you think the Ravens then give? Give John Harbaugh another year and say, all right, you're on the hot seat, or do they just fire him at the end of the year without giving him that, like, all right, you're on the hot seat this year kind of a season? Sure. Um, I I don't necessarily know 100%, but I'm leaning more towards the fact of them saying, you've got this coach, Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, you've got this player who we think is the future of our franchise. Joe Flacco's fantastic, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't done anything for us lately. Why didn't you make the change soon enough? I'm getting someone who I believe will work with Lamar Jackson, the mm-hmm. future of our team. I think they would just get rid of him. Yeah, I'm I'm on the other side also. And that's why I like this topic because usually me, mm-hmm. me and you don't really get into the arguments too much like we do on the fast break. But for me, I'm on the other side of if they go 9-7, and seven, then it'll be like a, hey, John, we're not happy. Sure. This season, turn it around or you're gone. Coach hasn't been fired I, for better. Yeah, I just I look at this organization too, mm-hmm. and this front office doesn't seem like the front office that just goes on a whim and goes, "Well, you're gone." Get which out. Which is here. funny because it's a team that you know packed it up and left. Yeah, which is funny because the Browns did do that. But I mean, that to me is how I see this team. Of like, mm-hmm. if he goes nine and seven, they miss the playoffs. It'll be like a, "Hey, John, something needs to change." Then the pressure gets lit. And Joe Flacco, like I said, gets that short leash. And next year, I think, 2019 will be the year where we're really dissecting the, all right, what week is Lamar Jackson starting? Because to me, if I'm looking at my crystal ball, Ravens missed the playoffs this year, 8-8 eight and eight to 9-7 and seven team. Yeah. Joe Flacco gets replaced as the starter sometime in 2019. I'm thinking maybe like a week five, week six kind of thing. Maybe even a week four where he gets benched. Lamar Jackson then takes over, never looks back. Joe Flacco no longer a Raven after Mm -hmm. next year because the Ravens basically take the potential out because Lamar Jackson leads them to the playoffs next year. I just feel that if you're comparing him to Michael Vick right Mm -hmm. now, and I know it's not a coach necessarily comparing to Michael Vick. If you're saying it's your Michael Vick here, you're not waiting. Mm-hmm. That's not a guy you wait on. You, you make that change. Joe Flacco is not exciting. He's not going to be that thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this team is bad enough to be a 4-12 and 12 team or something like that. They're a team where their floor to me is six wins. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible. Um, there are teams in the NFL that would die to have six wins. Uh, so I think with Lamar Jackson, I just think they're going to be too excited about him. A lot of it is going to be the preseason. We're really going to have a better idea of what's going to happen in the preseason because if it doesn't really turn on then okay this is uh joe flacco's job but if he really starts to turn it on maybe against the second teamers he's kicking ass out there people are going to be asking well why isn't he the starting quarterback well and it's interesting too because the one guy 
that I compared him to when he got drafted mm-hmm. was Teddy Bridgewater. And the reason why I made that comparison was basically a not just are they Louisville quarterbacks, but both of them literally got drafted with the same exact pick in the same exact way. A team whose main color is purple yep. traded up into the 32nd pick and drafted them to get the fifth year option. The only difference is that the quarterbacks that played above Teddy Bridgewater, where he basically didn't start game one, started game two of his rookie season, were Christian Ponder and Matt Castle. The only difference is Lamar Jackson has Joe Flacco in front of him. So that's the only reason why I think this it's almost a similar situation to Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. except put a year of him not as a starter before we get the what Teddy Bridgewater. Hell, it could be the same thing. He just doesn't start this year. We get to 2019. Joe Flacco gets replaced week one, week two, and Lamar Jackson gets the job and never looks back. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that he could wait the extra year. Um, what I'm interested in just thinking mm-hmm. uh you know, talking about that and talking about those comparison between those two guys, because Joe Flacco is a better quarterback, obviously, than the both those pondering. guys. Castle at yeah. that point was not the Matt Castle that we knew. Matt from. Castle has never been as good as Joe Flacco is. Um, well, yeah, he's not a Super Bowl champion. He's not, but he's also just, I mean, he's a guy whose accuracy has only twice mm-hmm. been above 60, uh, three times been above 60. Joe Flacco has only been below 60 three times. Mm-hmm. So they're very opposite of each other in that sense. Uh, I just think it really comes down to this. Joe Flacco, there's a reason why he's considered a playoff quarterback Mm -hmm. because he turns it on then. In the regular season, he's nothing that exciting for you. I mean, if he's a guy who's only going to get you 3,000 yards again, less than 20 touchdowns, I mean, I know there's a team that wants to run the Mm -hmm. ball more often than throwing the ball, but if that's what you have, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. It is not good enough to take you to that next step, especially when, yes, this defense is good, but it's not as good as when it had Ray Lewis. You mm-hmm. know, this is not that same team, and a run game becomes a lot better. Look at Carolina when you have a mobile quarterback. Here's my kind of overall prediction for how this is going to go down. This year, Joe Flacco will start every single game, all 16, for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Does Does Lamar Jackson hit the field? Yes, he does. They will have specific packages and maybe some trick plays for Lamar Jackson. This year will be a learning year for Lamar Jackson. Mainly what's going to happen is while Joe Flacco's out there starting, Lamar Jackson is going to learn a little bit from RG3 because I find it interesting that this team brings on RG3, then goes ahead and drafts Lamar Jackson. Why not learn from a guy who, yeah, I mean, RG3 is not an amazing quarterback, but that rookie year, until he got injured, he was really good. I rookie don't buy of the year that, stuff. I don't buy RG3 is going to be on the season come regular season. See, I think so. The and the reason why I think so is much of the kind of philosophy of back in the day, this was way back. Nowadays, people, teams usually just carry two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Back in the day when we were kids, it would be three quarterbacks. You would have your starter, your backup, and then if you had that young quarterback, basically it's you're expecting that young guy not to learn from the starter because the starter doesn't want to teach him anything because you don't want to have your job taken from you. 
you're going to learn from the journeyman quarterback, like a mm-hmm. Mark Brunel late in his career. Mark kind Sanchez. Of a Mark just Sanchez. Last year kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Like and that's what I think RG3 will be for this team with Lamar I don't Jackson. Buy it. Not yet. I don't think I don't think of RG3 in that. Mm-hmm. I think the NFL has always kind of put out there that they don't believe in the mentality and the attitude of RG3. Um they've always been down on him about but that. But I don't think it'll be an NFL thing. I think it'll be a front office Ravens thing that's going to trust him. Well to sure, kinda, I mean they're the ones that signed him. Yeah, they're the to, only ones that were interested to in him. kind of take Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. under his wing per se because when you think about it RG3 and Lamar Jackson not too much of different quarterbacks rookie years like they sure. were they're similar quarterbacks similar skill sets so I, I just think, think that they're going to use him to teach I think Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson is going to be good enough to get secure the number 2 mm-hmm. spot very easily for sure mm-hmm. and this is a team that is going to want those yeah. roster spots for other people. And I'm not saying like an RG3 is going to be above him teaching. It's more going to be a I just don't think there's room on the roster. And that's, we'll wait to see. I mm-hmm. think that they will keep three quarterbacks and use RG3 as that mentor behind Joe. Because Joe Flacco is going to basically have the Big Ben situation going on. Where it's like, I ain't teaching you crap. I Like, we were, we were hearing news like two, three weeks ago of mm-hmm. like, Joe Flacco's not returning Lamar Jackson's calls. What is going on? Well, of course he's not. He doesn't want this kid to take his job. And he knows it's going to happen. And he knows it. Like, I he, mean, he's been better. I mean, he's been better about it than Big Ben has. He but. probably knows. Well, yeah, he hasn't been outspoken about it like Big Ben has. Big Ben's actually talked to the media about his whole Mason Rudolph thing yeah. and what he was going through. At least Joe Flacco hasn't done that. This will be an interesting kind of battle situation, though. As we move forward, going into this year, next year, any final thoughts before we move on into our rankings? Uh, I'm just excited to see how he does in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to see a lot of him this preseason because yeah. they're not going to play Joe Flacco for yeah. a lot of it. So it'll be interesting to see how much play time and what we see from Lamar Jackson in the preseason. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below. When will Lamar Jackson start for this Ravens team? Will it be this year? Will it be next year? What are you thinking down below in that comment section? But, Mark, it's time to move into what our main meat and potatoes part of the podcast is. And we knew from the beginning we were going to get here. It was going to be one yep. way or another. Somehow. We were going to get to talking about kickers for our fantasy football ranking. So what we did is we went from one all the way through 16 because we didn't have to rank every single kicker in the National no. Football League. There's just no way we had to. So much like the defenses, if you're in a 16-team league, these are pretty much the top 16 kickers. We this are all saying you, worry about. you need to draft. So we're going to start in this first segment going through 9 through 16, starting at the bottom. Plus honorable mention. And plus the honorable mention. I'll get into him first. Phil Dawson of the Cardinals, he got a vote. So he was 15 on mine. Dan Bailey was 16 on both of ours because Dan Bailey, I guess, got two votes and Phil well, Dawson because, got no, one. No, no, no. Because Dan Bailey was not even ranked on mine. Yeah. Therefore, Dan Bailey. I'm sorry, because Phil Dawson was not even ranked yeah, on mine. But therefore, I mean, Phil Dawson Dan Bailey had better. a better average. He had an average of 15. No, but here's the thing. Actually, 15 no, plus zero. He didn't have an average of 15 because he could have been 20. 
on mine. You don't know. But would we he didn't have go been? that far. Would he have been? He might have been. He might have, Mark's like, he is now, dude. So he's not, not, <laughs> now he's 32. Get but over it. Phil Dawson, honorable mention from the Arizona Cardinales. But getting into it, number 16, Dan Bailey of the Dallas Cowboys. And number 15, Mason Crosby of the Green Bay Packers. Adam Venetieri at 14 of the Indianapolis Colts. Graham Gano of the Panthers. He's going to be at number 13. Number 12, Harrison Butker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Then number 11, Ryan Suckup of the Tennessee Titans. Matt Prater at number 10 of the Detroit Lions. And then at number one, Kai Forbath of my own Minnesota Vikings. So the first thing I want to ask you. Yeah. Before we get into specific guys or really specific teams, I think we can get into also here. Mm-hmm. When you were coming up with your ranking for kickers, what kind of was going through your head when you were ranking these yeah. guys one over another? Here's the thing that I, I look at when I look at kickers. Kickers themselves, I mean, you can really focus on the accuracy of a kicker mm-hmm. or if the kicker has a long leg or a short leg, meaning is he going to kick for 30 yards mm-hmm. or is he going to kick for 50 yards? What's uh, what's better? What's his accuracy better? Closer, far away, in the middle. There's a ton of stuff you can look at with kickers. But really, when it comes down to it, most leagues, kickers' points are so barely worth anything. Unless you have, like, a Greg Zerline. Or if the fact, if you're in a league where it's, like, misses are going to be negative. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you're going to get points per attempt. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, five points for a 50 four for a 40, three for a 30, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get into a league that start doing unique things with kickers to purposefully make kickers important, most people's leagues are, you got a point if they kick an extra point, you got two if they got a field goal or mm-hmm. something really simple like that. So for me, when it comes to a kicker, what I care about when I'm ranking them for just the general league out there where I don't know the exact rules of your league, what mm-hmm. I am looking at is... How is this offense? Are they going to score a lot of touchdowns? Because that's going to give my kicker a lot of chances to get extra extra points. points. And if they're not going to get that, are they at the very least going to be an offense that stalls? Mm -hmm. I love an offense that stalls. Because if you're an offense that stalls, that means my guy gets field goals. Mm -hmm. That gives me more points. Now, there's that balance there of having the offense that stalls so you get extra points compared to getting touchdowns and essentially being guaranteed to get extra points. Mm-hmm. You're never guaranteed, but you guys get what I mean. It's a lot easier. Well, and for me, it was a lot of also what these teams are going through. Because, for example, one of the guys that some might say we have ranked a little bit too low in Harrison Bucker, who is 12th on our list. No, I got a reason why he's low. So he was 10 on mine. He was 13 on yours. That's yeah. why he ended up at 12. And for me going into this, like part of it, first off, part of it was the other nine guys ahead of him, I just like more than him. There was no way he was going to be above a Greg Zerline, above a Steven Goskowski, a Robbie Gold, yeah. any of those guys that are in my top eight. The thing that I think is interesting, though, with Butker is, yes, when you're looking at just field goal stats, he was... The third most made field goals behind Robbie Gold, who had the most at 39, actually was tied with Greg Zerline um, for 38 at 2. So he was 38 of 42. His longest was a 53-yarder, 
And if you went through like all of his distances, eight from eight between 20 and 30, 16 of 17 from 30 to 39, 10 of 12 from 40 to 49, and then four of five from 50 and beyond. Yeah. The thing that I wonder with this team is a, how is the defense this year going to affect that team? Because they have lost some pieces on that defenses because I wonder if the defense is going to let up some scores to where it's like, well, we could have kicked a field goal here, but we really need a touchdown here now. Or the flip side of, are they going to give up more first downs? Therefore, your kicker doesn't even have the chance to be on the field because the offense isn't on the field. And then with offense, how is this offense going to look with Patrick Mahomes compared to the game manager of Alex Smith? And it's very different where I expect Patrick Mahomes to be very boom or bust. You know, when you got a guy like Alex Smith, mm-hmm. you're expecting more field goals. With a guy like Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who mm-hmm. likes to throw it deep, he's going to be a guy who I'm expecting more touchdowns. Yeah. Therefore, touchdowns getting... or no touchdowns, not, oh, we got exactly. field goal range installed out. You're not going to be in field goal range mm-hmm. as often, and you're going to get less points with those extra points, yeah. anyways. Plus, the flip side, too, of he's brand new. He played a game mm-hmm. against Scrubs. You know, we really don't know what we have out of Patrick Mahomes yet. Mm-hmm. It might take a little bit while, of a while. And I know you're not as crazy on this because Andy Reid is still there, but they did lose offensive coordinator Matt Nagy. They did. Therefore, that might step back this uh, it's offense not as that well. It, it's not that like, oh, I know Ricky's not that crazy about it. They, I expect, You just don't think it's going to be as big of a deal. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Plus, I think that with losing Nagy and Smith— this team will take a step back this year, mm-hmm. but they're, and this is more of a team in general, not just for fantasy, they're going to take the step back of, all right, they're not a for sure to win this division. They still can, but it's not like a chief slotted at number one. That's where they're at. Like the other teams now have a spot or a chance to upend them. Yeah. And for me, that's where Harrison Bucker, I was like, I don't know where to really put him. And I've, Figured almost like I'm putting him at 10. He's a top 10 guy because of how many he made. But with this year, what am I really getting out of the um, Chiefs this year? Another guy looking at that, Adam Venateri. I had really low because now this one should have changed, I'll be honest. Because today, Andrew Luck throwing an actual football. However, well, a high school size football. Yeah, high school size football. However, I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't know. I still don't know what kind of Andrew Luck I am going to get week one. So until I know that answer. Exactly. If he's there week one, I don't know which Andrew Luck I'm going to get. Until I know that answer, I have to rate Adam Venateri lower because it's like, you know what? Well, because it's a risk. It's a very big risk. The thing that people we've mentioned in other ones, and we always need to mention it Mm because people need to remember is we're not saying Greg Zerline is going to be the number one kicker this year. We're saying that's that's the number one guy I would draft draft him. Mm -hmm. Number one, you know, that's what we're saying. We're saying that uh, Anna Vinatieri, yeah, I feel a little bit less of a risk taking Graham Gano over him. You know, that's really what it comes down to, and it's just. It's just the risk factors. You know, it's Adam Vinatieri is a solid kicker. You know he's going to be a good kicker, but who is the quarterback right now? Mm-hmm. Is that offensive line going to be any good this year? Mm-hmm. You know, they just lost Frank Gore. How is that going to affect the offense? That 
matters when you're looking at kickers. Kickers and defenses are two of those positions where more than a lot of the other positions out there that you're drafting, it matters what the rest of the team looks like. Mm-hmm. Not that it doesn't for a wide receiver or a quarterback, but a wide receiver who's good, they're going to get their catches. A quarterback who's good is going to throw touchdowns. You know, those things are going to happen, minus the game where they go against that really tough defense and then they don't throw any touchdowns, you know, or they really get shut down because they were double teamed the entire time. But a kicker, a defense, those matter so much about the rest of the team that you can't ignore something like Andrew Luck. You know, uh, you can't really say that just because this guy is on the field, off the field, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. Adam Vinatieri is a good kicker. Well, and that's why one of the guys, and I want to ask you, Yep. do we have Kai Forbath too high? And the reason why I say that is this team, Minnesota, doesn't have Case Keenum like last year. Mm-hmm. They've got Kirk Cousins. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, the quarterback is the direct link. People might get that because we talked about with um, Butker and Mahomes, how that yeah. might affect. But just looking last year... You had Dustin Hopkins, who took some kicks for Washington last year, 14 of 17 overall. And then Nick Rose, who also took some kicks for Washington last year, he went 10 of 11. So if we combine the two, that's 24 total made field goals with 28 attempts overall. And Kai Forbath was a guy last year, as I scroll up trying to find him, he was a guy I believe... That, there he is. Yeah, he had 38 attempts. So if we look at the Washington ones, they had 10 less attempts yeah. than him last year. Do we maybe have him too high at nine mm-hmm. with the Kirk Cousins signing? I don't because know. maybe Kirk Cousins gets more touchdowns. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I would expect to get more touchdowns than, mm-hmm. than a Case Keenum would. Um, especially Plus Dalvin, Dalvin Cook comes back. Well, yeah, I was going to say, especially now with this run game, too, uh, it's going to be a lot of question marks, but the run game potentially does allow a little bit more balance. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think doesn't concern me about ranking Kai Forbath that high is that Minnesota defense mm-hmm. is such a good defense that I'm sure the offense is going to have opportunities. So even if it is more touchdowns, the quantity of extra points should still be higher because True. this is a team that's going to have the ball uh, very often. The flip side, though, with the Vikings that – you know, maybe Kai Forbath will have opportunities to make those field goals because mm-hmm. they are going to face some tough defenses. You know, uh, they do have some tougher defenses in their own division, and they're going to be playing a tough division this year as well. So we talked about that when we talked about their defenses having to go against difficult teams. They're going to be facing some difficult teams. They're going to be in some shootouts mm-hmm. as well. So that's going to really force uh, some high-scoring games, mm-hmm. I, I imagine. I mean, we don't really know because we haven't seen Kirk Cousins in yeah. the purple and gold just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except for, like, the practice field. It doesn't count. Not real purple yeah. and gold. Um, but, you know, so there's still a lot to see with that. Mm-hmm. Kai Forbath, I mean, that's one of those challenging ones because this offense is going to be so different. And Pat Shermer's not that guy mm-hmm. who's going to be leading this offense, you know, coaching-wise. That's going to change some things as well. Are we going to see a more Philadelphia Eagles-style offense or what's that going to look like this year? There's a lot of questions to where for Kai Forbath, I really just kind of shove them in the middle mm-hmm. because when we're talking about where we gamble with these guys, he's somebody who I think will be good, but I'm not positive about how good mm-hmm. that's going to be. Which is, if we're looking at Philly last year, Elliot, 
mm-hmm. only had 31 total kicks. He went 26 of 31 last year. So that's yeah. kind of in par with and that 28 And his quarterback number. got injured. Yeah, too, I mean, so it could have been a little there. higher. What's the guy in this 9 through 16 that I know the first three guys I kind of rattle off. Yeah. Who's the guy that you're thinking about that you're like, you know what? We got to talk about him. A guy I'm not sure completely how to look at is Mason Crosby mm-hmm. uh, with the Green Bay Packers. We have him fairly low. And I, God, I years ago he would have been top eight easily. Well, he definitely slipped. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at his just field goal percentage. 2015 it was 85, 86 point, 85 point seven, 86 point seven in 2016. 2017 big dip, 78.9. Mm-hmm. That is not that great for a kicker. No, you're not that happy. You know, uh, eight and eight when it was close at twenty to twenty nine, two of four from the thirty to thirty nine, mm-hmm. four of four forty forty nine, and then one of three fifty plus. And he's never been a fifty plus yard kind of guy. It's never been his strong suit. But he's got more years of like five and seven, four and seven, four mm-hmm. and five. It's not that often that he's only thirty three percent. He's at least half or above most of these times. I just and, don't know, and especially with Aaron Rodgers being healthy, mm-hmm. assumedly this year. I don't really know how to feel about Mason Crosby right now. Is he on this decline? Will he pick it back up? Because 2012, he was only 63%. Mm -hmm. He shot up to his highest ever at 89% the following year. Last year was an anomaly for me with Mason um, Crosby. The reason why Andrew Luck was injured. And are not Andrew Luck, Aaron um, Rodgers. Rodgers. I've got Andrew Luck on the mind. Of course, he's throwing high school-sized footballs. But... You look at last year, only 19 field goals overall. Like mm-hmm. this offense wasn't the same once Rodgers and went you, down. And you also had some uh, some receiver injuries yeah. and stuff in recent memory. So, but also he was even down in extra points, and he had the lowest. It was the first time ever in his career that he failed to score over a hundred points in a season. And I feel like if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, if he comes back. We're going to see more of a resurgence, and I say that lightly. Like, when you see resurgence, people go, oh, he's going to be mm-hmm. a really good kicker. I think Mason Runa, or Mason Crosby, I keep saying the wrong names right now, Mason Crosby oh, you're in the right division. is going to be a kind of, for me, the reason I had him lower was, I'm like, if I'm at 16, I guess I'll draft him. But he may be a guy for me if I'm in, like, an eight-man league where it's like, ah, crap, I need a kicker. Well, I really don't want to get rid of Zerline, so I'm going to bench Zerline. Yeah, I guess for for this week the matchup is good. He's playing the Bears, so I guess I'll put Mm -hmm. him in. Like That's that's a risk, then. He's not going to get anything. It's just a a little jab at you. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where I may see Crosby. It's like, oh, if you're in a 16-man league, well, crap, the first 15 kickers are taken, I might have to take Mason Crosby, but mm-hmm. if you're in like an 8-man league, 10-man league, it's more of a, well, where's my kicker's buy, and does his matchup fit my kicker's buy? Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Bears, when I, mm-hmm. uh, side note, when I was that- at... Bears. The uh, the Cubs game the yeah. other day. I'm not a Cubs fan for anybody in, in Chicago. You were who a might bleacher bum, though. I was in the in the bleachers. It's you quite a bleacher bum. There's no I, rules I'll in the bleachers. Be, I'll be honest. I can't stand. Like this is a side note. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the bleachers. This is a little bit of my dad and me. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the bleachers at Wrigley because it's not connected to the actual ballpark. It kind of is. And you can't get into like the main concourse. Yeah, you can. 
You can now? Yeah. They changed that? Yeah. It used to be where you're I mean, just in the you got to basically walk all the way to the end and you're mm-hmm. barely there. But yeah, you can you can get in. Okay. You can. But anyways, I, I'm not a Chicago Cubs yeah. fan, so I'm not going to wear a White Sox jersey mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'm not an asshole. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Usually, you know, I'll wear a Blackhawks mm-hmm. thing or something. I decided I'm going to wear shirt. my Mitch Trubisky jersey. Okay. Because I'm like, this is good, you know. Uh Chicago is pretty excited about Mitch Trubisky <laughs> based on the uh, the bear downs and the Trubisky or True God mm-hmm. or anything like that that I'm getting goat. by going probably there. probably got a lot of bad. I didn't get any goats, but no I, got a, I got a few True Gods oh, out true, there. True Gods. Yeah, so okay. people are excited about uh, about the Bears this season. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned the, the Bears defense, that's what reminded me of mm-hmm. it. Because not like we got a Bears kicker ranked right now because yeah. uh, there's nothing there to rank. Because like, I'm the same way with, uh, and this mm-hmm. is off topic from the kickers a little bit, I'm the same same way with Sox games. Yeah, what I'll usually do is most of my T-shirts mm-hmm. are black in some way. So like this shirt, I'll wear this to a sock. Like if I'm going with Dave, I'll just wear this to a Sox yeah. game. Some people won't notice the it's difference. Black and white, it fits right in, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be an asshole. Now if it's a Cubs Sox game, that's different. I got to rip my I got to well, rip yeah. my cubby blue if the Cubs are in the game. But any final guys in this kind of region of our rankings that you think that we haven't hit that we should yeah i the only other one i'm gonna put out there is people might be a little mad at us for putting dan bailey at 16 i knew you were gonna bring him up well because i expect <laughs> the cowboys have to be better this year the guy right? we both had at 16 like neither of us had him higher than no. the other we both had him at 16 but the cowboys have to be better this year right that's the I, assumption maybe i mean it the, depends are they gonna re-sign greg hardy the Cowboys the Cowboys are a mystery to me in a mm-hmm. lot of ways because they had one really good year with Dak mm-hmm. and Zeke. Then Zeke had his suspension issues looming, looming over him for a good chunk of the they year. They also got film on Dak Prescott. And then I was going to say, Dak Prescott gets in his second year. Mm-hmm. Is his sophomore slump? Does he get out of it? Does he just become not a good quarterback? It's a big question mark right there to where I think... Even though I love Zeke, is it Jason and Zeke Garrett? Can lead this I don't know. We'll find well, out. Jason Garrett should have been gone a while ago. <laughs> but even though Zeke can carry this team mm-hmm. on his own, much the way Adrian Peterson did not that long ago, yeah. when uh, what's his name uh, with a P? Your guy, your favorite guy. You're um, talking about Minnesota your old quarterback. Yeah. Um, what's that guy's name? It was not Dante. No, no, no. It was not, too recent. You said with Anyways, a P. I'm thinking Cordero Patterson. Um, they had. Uh, now, I, now I'm just curious. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, because we had Teddy Bridgewater before Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder, 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 Christian Ponder. That's why I got the P. Anyways, um, so even though Zeke can just carry mm-hmm. that team very far, like Adrian Peterson did, your yeah. team, uh, still, if you don't have a good quarterback, and we really don't know if Dak's going to bounce mm-hmm. back this year or not, even though he wasn't terrible last year, um, I just don't know how to rank Dan Bailey. I'm not confident drafting. Dan Bailey, or even really wide receivers mm-hmm. on uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Ryan Suckup, too, is a guy where I don't know what to expect from this Titan offense, fantasy New coach, you know, so, so with, that's going to help. With Vrabel coming in, and then the offensive coordinator was the um, quarterback's coach with the Rams. I just don't know how that's going to affect Ryan Suckup fantasy-wise. That's where I kind of had him, where we slotted him more in that 11-12 range. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think about these kickers down below in the comment section. Who are you excited for? Who are you not excited for? Who do we have too low? Who do we not have high enough? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's finish up the rankings one through eight. And if you're just joining us on YouTube with the individual segments, first off, welcome. 
into the onside kick. And we are continuing our kicker rankings for fantasy football. If you haven't seen our 9 through 16, go and check those out. But let's go through 8 through 1, starting off at number 8, Chris Boswell, the kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then at number 7, Eagles kicker Jake Elliott. At number 7, the Saints kicker Will Lutz. Then at number 5, the 49er former Bear, Robbie Good as Gold, coming in at number 5. Then at number four, the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. Then we've got Matt Bryant, the kicker from the Falcons at number three. Steven Goskowski, kicker for the New England Patriots at number two. And then Greg Zerline, kicker for the Rams at number one. And the first thing I want to start off with is we had a tie at number one. We had to yep. settle that. And we settled with Greg Zerline because we had I think three ties in, in this top. We actually. did, but you you let me you conceded to me. Mm-hmm. Let me win the Greg Zerline battle. I want to ask you why you have Steven Goskowski ranked above Greg Zerline. For me, it's pretty simple. I trust the Patriots more than I trust the Rams. Okay. Uh, and I don't. I mean, yes, the Rams were one of the highest scoring offenses last year, but the Patriots were one of the best offenses as well. Um, so mm-hmm. there's plenty of touchdowns going on. But my question is, Jared Goff was not a rookie last year, but this is the first real year where people had tape on him. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going to see a noticeable decrease in his production now that uh, different teams out there, their defenses are going to say, yeah, now we know what to expect out of this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, McVay was new. Now we know what's going on with the Rams. Are the Rams going to take a step back or even closer to a step down to reality I know that the Patriots are going to be good. Mm-hmm. I always know the Patriots are going to be good. I always know that Steven Goskowski is going to be a good kicker. There's no doubt about that ever in my entire mind. Uh, the entire mind that mm-hmm. I have. Uh, I don't know why I said it weirdly <laughs> like that. Your entire mind. Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't know. Because it's a hive mind. Yeah. You got a hive mind up it there. It is. Me and uh, me, and my dog and my wife. Uh, <laughs> it's all just in here. Exactly. So um, that's for me why I have Goskowski a little mm-hmm. bit higher. It's, it's that sure thing. Kind of bet. Can I be blatantly honest? Sure. If you draft either of these guys as the number one kicker, you're going to have a good year. Yeah. You're going to have a good year from your kicker. Like, for me, the only reason I slightly put Greg Zerline ahead of Steven Goskowski is, if we look at last year, I expect the numbers to be virtually the same at the end of this year, where they're both going to have the similar number of extra points because both their offenses score the ball. They're both going to have the similar number of of kicks inside one yard to 39 yard, the slight average I give Zerline is kicking from distance. And the only reason I give him that is because he might have to kick. Like last year, you look at the numbers, 21 kicks inside 39 yards for Zerline, 25 for Goskowski, and Goskowski was perfect. Didn't even miss inside of 40 yards, 39 and below. Then you go 40 to 49, 12 of 12 from Zerline, 8 of 11 for Goskowski. Then the above 50, and that's what I'm looking at. Where Goskowski was perfect, 4 for 4, that's great. But Zerline hit two, like he had three more attempts and hit two of those attempts. He only missed one from beyond 50 yards. So for me, that's where I give the slight edge to Greg Zerline of all right, this kicker's going to get slightly more kicks from beyond 50, and depending on what your league does, most of the leagues that I've been in award you for longer kicks. 
and I'm looking at that, and I'm going, Greg Zerline's got the boot, and he's going to make more kicks beyond 50, which may help me out more so than Guskowski. Although if you draft Guskowski number one, it's not like your kicker is going to be a bad kicker throughout the year. Yeah, it certainly could help you. And, and like I said, you know, you never really know what people are doing. I've been in leagues that have done both that have given mm-hmm. you more, and some leagues where there's like, nope, guy kicks it good, and mm-hmm. you get a point. That's it. You know, um, and yeah, like you said, it really doesn't matter that much. Either mm-hmm. one of these guys is going to be very successful for you. Here's the thing I want to ask you mm-hmm. is what were you thinking mm-hmm. when you put Robbie Gold as low as you did? Because here's what's going through my mind. Sure. Is basically you look at his year last year. Mm-hmm. Every single game up until week 10, he only had the most he ever kicked in a game was five. And then besides that, most of them were ones. Like from 6 to 10, he had one make a game for those games. Then after the bye, so week 12 on, basically, spoiler alert, once Jimmy Garoppolo was that quarterback, like the last five games of the year, 15, 17, 24, 8, 11. Like for me, I feel like looking at your rankings, Mm -hmm. maybe I have them too high at three. But I feel like Robbie Gold is going to be a top five kicker just because of Jimmy Garoppolo being the quarterback of the Niners mm-hmm. and what position he's going to put sure. this offense in. To me, it's another one of these. One, I, I'm Boomer pumping boss. the brakes on uh, the, the hype of the 49ers a mm-hmm. little bit. But two, it's we've seen Shore. What was he, 6-0? and mm-hmm. uh, People Hasn't have lost taken, the game, baby. Sure. He'll lose one this year. Hasn't lost the game. Lose a game. No, he's gonna go sixteen and zero, baby. Nineteen uh, and zero. Eighteen Super Bowl, and one. Super Bowl for the Niners. Perfect season, baby. Eighteen and one. <laughs> uh, you know, I I really expect that step down, that hype to come crashing mm-hmm. in, um, and I don't. And like I said, it's it's not a ranking; it's a draft. Mm-hmm. You know where I feel like I can draft yeah. these guys, and for me, I just don't have that much confidence because people mm-hmm. love Jimmy Garoppolo, but the supporting cast around him. Still is not that great. This team still isn't that good. This is a team mm-hmm. that very well could have been 0-16 last year. Mm-hmm. They probably could have been without Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the flip side of this is going to be, of course, that I actually think that this is an offense that might stall quite often. And not nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that, but just like I'm saying, the supporting cast isn't amazing out there. So it Which might be someone that helps. Kicks if they stall in the right spot. Exactly. It might help Robbie Gold. The flip side, though, that I always got to put a little bit of my own bias out there is I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen the greatest days of Robbie Gold. You've seen and the I've worst seen days. the worst. And, you know, he looks like he's back to old form, and mm-hmm. that's great and good for him in that case. But uh, part of me is going to, of course, be a little bit worried as a Chicago Bears fan that he might go back to that missing pretty much every other kick. I mean, let's be completely honest. When Robbie Gold left, because last year, if we're looking just stats— he had the best percentage by like point one. Yeah, and he made the most field goals last year by one. But when he left town, and I gotta look up what year that was because I am not a Bears fan. Two thousand fifteen. Twenty fifteen. I remember basically it seemed like Chicago was going to riot. Like what? Why are we getting to Robbie Gold? Why are we getting rid of him? Because he was is this not a, good. Is this year. a decision that we well, have to make? 2014 was the bad year. Yeah, and then 2015, he kind of had a better year. Mm-hmm. And then they just let him go. But, I mean, with Robbie Gold, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be— I know you're 
saying like, oh, I don't want to hype up the Niners too much, sure. which I get it. We might be overhyping the Niners, but Jimmy Garoppolo don't lose. Like the true question for me mm-hmm. is this is when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. You know how we talk on the NBA side of, or we don't talk. It's basically we listen, people like us, the mm-hmm. other ones talk when they say LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Both mean you know the truth. We know the truth that MJ is always better than LeBron James. Of course. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, who am I better than? It's me or Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, 18-1. and one, Jimmy Garoppolo going to go 19-0. and 0. He's going to bring this team to the promised land. I'm joking there. They will be a lot better, though. Here's and that's going to help Robbie Gold. Um, when I look at when I look at Robbie here, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm looking at his field goals, he's had a weird thing go on in the last couple of years. Good year, bad year? No, no. The last couple of years, in when he was with New York for mm-hmm. 10 games, I mean, he only kicked 10 times, made but he made all? all 10 of them, 100%. Last year, he got 95% of his field goals. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So people are going to look at that and go crazy about it, but a kicker is not going to be that good. If a kicker is above 90%, that is like a Hall of Fame kicker out there. I mean, on average, he's in upper 80s. He's like in yeah. 86, 87. And that's good. Yeah, kicker. Robbie Gold is a good kicker. He's the mm-hmm. best, one of the best kickers in Chicago ever. But I'm saying that people are going to look at 100%, 95% and be like, we need, this is number one, mm-hmm. you know, of the kickers. That's not sustainable. That doesn't continue happening year after year. This is how I view Robbie Gold as a, in your kicker draft strategy. Because of the year he had last year, because of what I expect the offense to take a step forward under Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, although it might not be a 95 yet Mm -hmm. again, I almost feel fantasy-wise, depending on how the draft's going, all right, I don't need a Goskowski. I don't need a Zerline. Would it be great to have one? Yes. But after what I saw in those last five games of only one single digit and at least getting double digits in the other four of those games to end the year, I would feel confident going, all right, I'm not going to be the first one to bite on a kicker. I don't even think most people are going to have Robbie Gold third. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm buying my time. I'm finding that, all right, I'm hitting off other positions. And then it's like, all right, that third kicker went off the board. I don't want to lose my guy. I'm going to take Robbie sure. Gold and not necessarily have to bite the bullet and it on, be a a bad line on a Goskowski. And, the thing to, and that's the thing with kickers. Because I had him as my third. I had him as my third. I would yeah. take him three. I just don't know if everyone's going to value him sure. as that third and best And people off will the board. overrate their kickers mm-hmm. and will reach for them. The other thing I want to put out there, and, and it's not 100% because of the fact that mm-hmm. Shanahan was there last year. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Grappolo was successful mm-hmm. last year. But they say that Kyle Shanahan's offense is very difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. It is not an easy offense. That's why it took Matt Ryan an entire season to learn it. But Matt Matt Ryan, he is not no Tom Brady, and the closest thing we've probably seen to Tom Brady is a Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'm not I'm learned BS under, on that shit. He had learned under Tom Brady. Notice I say BS and then under, on that shit. He uh, learned under Bill Belichick. Meaning he watched Tom Brady play and goes, I wish Tom would help hey, me one of these days. I just I I, I don't want to say it, but I mm. will. I find it funny that two of the better quarterbacks in the league, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo, did their starting quarterback help them out? Not really. They watched them. 
Aaron Rodgers, he, he watched Brett Favre, and he turned into a pretty good quarterback. Sure, sure I think he sure he's did. a pretty good quarterback. He's an okay quarterback. I would give you. I would concede that he's an okay quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I would concede winner. that he is at least average. The Super Bowl um, champion, Mark. But anyways, uh, a one-time Super Bowl champion. Only once. Correct. Only once. All he's no, one, he's no Eli Manning. Yeah, all you need is one, two. But anyways, to say what I'm saying mm-hmm. is... Uh, I don't think anyone would say Matt Ryan is a bad quarterback. He's no Eli. And I don't know anybody would say. Yeah, I don't think anybody would say Matt Ryan's Eli Manning. Yeah, but uh, I don't think anyone would say that Matt Ryan is dumb mm-hmm. either. It took him a whole season to learn that offense. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has a head start because mm-hmm. he had those six games. But I wonder if it'll be a little bit of time learning this full thing for him that maybe slows him down a little bit. At this point, I would which say, will of course potentially help or harm Robbie Gold. The only reason I'm saying no is because... Because you bought in the hype? Well, not just that. It's also, this is year two. I know it hasn't been a complete full year since he's yeah. been traded, but let's be honest. By this time, you should, have, five. you should have some sort of a better grasp of this offense. Well, yeah, you should have a better grasp. It doesn't mean you completely know this. Yeah, thing. you're not going to be a yeah. master genius, but you shouldn't be fumbling and bumbling out there. And there's also the fact, the too, that when you got a guy who's traded in, mm-hmm. had like, what, a week or maybe two mm-hmm. weeks before he started playing, Yeah, they don't unleash the entire offense on him. It's because he's not Rex Grossman. They don't <laughs> yeah. unleash the dragon, Exactly. Baby. You say, here's some plays that we know you can be successful mm-hmm. with. The following week, here's five more plays. Mm-hmm. I'm underplaying it a little bit. Who's but another? you do that. Who's another guy you think we got to hit in this top eight? Um, another one that I would say is the Falcons uh, okay. kicker with Matt Bryant. Um, I had him a lot lower than you did. You did, and I and I wonder with this. I mean, it's, you know, I had him at three. He was my number three. He was your number five. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a little down on the Falcons offense? offense in general? Yeah. I mean, with me, the whole thing is so with their offense altogether, it's yeah, they've got Julio Jones. Yeah. They've got Matt Ryan. Yeah. Julio Jones got, who wants a new contract. Exactly. There is that, but it's like, yeah, they've got these big names, but the thing I find the most interesting is yes, they added Calvin Ridley, but really it's just with the loss of Taylor Gabriel, I wonder what this offense is going to do and if they're going to be able to take a next step under the Steve Sarkeesian offensive model. So for me, it's like, all right, he's a top five. Like, I'll pick him in the top five of Mm -hmm. kickers, but really there are four other ones with the Zerlines, the Goskowskis, the Gold, and even Justin Tucker, who's got some golden pipes as well. Yeah. I'll take those guys over a Matt Bryant. Yeah, I think just with the Falcons, I do trust the Falcons. And mm-hmm. even part of it is, too, you know, people were upset because Matt Ryan took a step back a little bit. He wasn't getting as many touchdowns, as many yards, things like that. But that's good for a kicker, mm-hmm. you know, because he's still going to be successful and get you nearby. Matt Ryan gets to kick it. So this is another one of my stalling type of offenses where I'm all right with that because that makes my kicker better. Mm-hmm. I don't expect the Falcons to get as many touchdowns, and that's fine by me. Because Matt Bryant's going to be there if I'm drafting him as my kicker. I want him then, of course, to to be that guy. And he's a guy who I don't think you're going to have to reach. Mm-hmm. Zerline and Goskowski, people are going to reach for him. And you're going to be like, this is it a round or two too early? Why are you drafting him in the 12th? You know, we don't need to worry about these quarterbacks just yet. Are these uh, kickers just yet? One guy I want to ask you about, because you had him a little bit higher than I did, but you had him in your top five. I had him at seven. What's going on in your head with Will Lutz and this Saints offense? 
The Saints offense is a little bit more balanced nowadays, mm-hmm. which I think helps a kicker. Because when it's not just, uh, you know, Drew Brees throwing for 5,000 yards in the season. But the defense still can't tackle the right guy. That's Boom. okay. Gotcha. If anything, that helps if <laughs> you have that play because that drive ended pretty fast yeah. then. And, well, then. and we got the ball back. Well, that ends the game. Yeah. So you're going to get the ball back. Well, in, in my theory, yeah. I'm all right with getting the ball back in this case. It's just going to work for <laughs> we us. We want the ball. We're going to score. Whatever works. I want the ball just somewhere <laughs> where the kicker can kick it and give me some points. But in this case, I'm all right with this. You know, it slows mm-hmm. down it a little bit. Uh, it's not all on Drew Brees to just score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Yeah. Now we can get some field goals. Mm-hmm. You know, now we can get that a little bit. Uh, and I really like the Saints' offense. I don't think anything about the Saints really mm. got worse. Saints are just a better team this year. The only question mark this Saints' offense has is, and this isn't going to affect um, Lutz in any way, I would say, but it's the Mark Ingram injury. They're not injury, the suspension. So it's yeah. really all about the first four games. The offense has a question mark. But I don't see that being like, oh, Mark Ingram's not out there. That's going to be less points. If anything, for people Lutz. are going to be scared of him. And yeah. he's and he's a good guy. You can get a little bit later. Maybe they stall a little bit, and that leads to some field goals in those it first could. four games. You know, and there's also a thing that needs to be said when it comes to kickers, and mm-hmm. this is my my rule, okay. my theory, is if you can convince your commissioner mm-hmm. to set it up. So if I can convince you, if you can convince me, which you can't convince me for this one because that's not how our our draft works. Okay. If you can convince me to let you not even draft a kicker, okay, I say go for it. Well, if we didn't mm-hmm. do the draft how we usually do it, which is a unique way for those who are new, I would just be like, do I have to draft one? And I would let you not. I, I've always said there's no reason why you should be forced can to draft I, a it's kicker. Like, can I just pick one up after the draft right. after I decide who I don't want on my team? Exactly. I'd rather get one more running back mm-hmm. on a team that it has a big question mark and maybe one of these guys would steps you, up. Would you let someone run the whole year without a kicker? Yeah. Would if that, you can convince do, me why. Do you think that would be a smart business model? If you can convince me why you don't need a kicker, I'm not, I'll let you do it. I'm not saying get rid of the spot in the starting lineup. I'm saying like— Just don't draft one. All right, I'm not drafting one in all year. I'm going to keep my kicker spot open. Like, would that be even smart? That's like— No. If you get like a Zerline, that's at least 10 points you're losing well, each I game. Mean, there's the there's the theory that works mm-hmm. out there. People always think that you have to have all your positions out there. But if it comes to Monday night and you're up 98 mm-hmm. to 97 and your quarterback's got to go out there, bench him. Yeah. Why are you playing the quarterback? He could throw three interceptions yeah. and no touchdowns or whatever, well, and then all of a sudden you're negative points. And how I look at kickers, especially the ones towards the top, like the Goskowskis and the Zerlines I'll use, mm-hmm. I always saw them, like Janikowski back in the day, I always saw it as these guys are going to get you at least 10. So you're starting each game with a 10-point cushion. Anything above 10 is just extra points for you. So like if you scored 15... You got five more points than you were expecting that day because they were just automatic for at least double digits mm-hmm. each and every game. There's a lot of kickers out there where you're expecting three or four points. Yeah. And, you know, it might not matter. Especially, some during, of those kickers especially during bye weeks in deep leagues. Yeah. Like if you're in the rare the rare one that uh, the MVP league did yeah. like two years ago where we had 20 teams. We had the MVP league, MVP team and 19 other teams. Yep. That means there's only 12 quarterbacks or 12 uh, um, kickers, kickers for you to pick a, from. Yeah, And here's the thing with that, too, is the fact that, you know what, 
you're always going to be better off having someone, not always, but more mm-hmm. times than not, you're going to be better having someone on your roster But like you said, if I'm not. up by one going into Monday night, I'm benching my kicker because if he misses, I'm losing. Exactly. You don't mm-hmm. want to risk it because Murphy's Law, if it can go, anything that can go wrong will, will go, go wrong. wrong. So, yeah, you don't mess with that. Um, I just want to throw it out there. Convince mm-hmm. your commissioner to not let you draft a, uh, a kicker. Because really, if you're at the end of the, if mm-hmm. you're if you're like most people, we're going to wait till the very last round to draft your kicker. Because mm-hmm. there's really no reason to draft one before that unless you're getting Zerline unless or Unless you Gostowski. want a Zerline or a Kowski. Unless you're like Sean, because Sean's a guy that wants Tom Brady, wants Gronkowski, wants uh, Goskowski. Of course. He wants to link all the Patriots together so he can win, and then he doesn't win the championship. Of course. Um, Trade me Leonard Fournette again. I'll have a good year. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's the same thing with defenses where people used to be like, I got to get that Steelers defense, so I'm mm-hmm. going to be I'm gonna draft him in round eight mm-hmm. just because. And everyone goes, all right, I wasn't going to draft a defense for like three more rounds, but yeah, yeah, sure. Well, it's like the famous story I like to tell where we were doing a fantasy draft, and it was the second pick, and I think it was one of the quarterbacks the guy wanted. He went, Oh, screw you. I'm taking the Eagles defense at three. And we're like, all right. Yeah, have Like, fun. they were the number one defense that year. But it's like, all right, go ahead. Like, we're not going to stop you because he ended up dropping them three weeks in. Exactly. Have fun doing that. That's fine by me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the it's interesting to look at these things because <laughs> the difference between kicker number eight to kicker number 12 to 16 or whatever, it's really they're not margin. that different. It's only really distinct when you're in this like top five range mm-hmm. of what these differences between some of these kickers are. Really, it's like top two, then three through five, and then the then just down the line. Yeah, and you know, obviously with these two, a lot of it's matchup dependent. When your team is going to, or when the kicker's team is going to place a play a harder defense. Mm-hmm. If they're going to play a cover two defense, could mean there's more chances for them to kick some field goals. Yeah, you want you would love to have a kicker go against a cover two defense. Mm-hmm. Ben, don't break. That yeah. idea is fantastic for you. Um, hey man, you know you know that fairly well. Being a Chicago Bear fan, you're okay it's with Tampa, giving up three points. Tampa That's fine. two, baby. Tampa Give up three two. points all day. As long as you're scoring touchdowns, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and a lot of it is that kind of dependent area. Um, and when it comes to kickers. I don't know. Maybe I should care a little bit more about mm-hmm. kickers for my personal fantasy teams, but a lot of times I sit there and I'm like, eh. If anything, in our league, we really well, should care about kickers. You know what? There is a reason then because uh, have you ever since you've joined our fantasy league, like mm-hmm. now you're the commissioner of it um, yeah. because I gave it up because screw it. I don't want that anymore. Um, since you joined our fantasy league, have you ever won it? No, I have not have won Have you it. ever won a fantasy league? Yes. Like actual fantasy league, yep. not like that everyone gave up. Yep. Okay. I just find it funny. I am that a champion. I find it funny league. that NARS, like the Mark Weber uh, mm-hmm. model of oh, how to my run team a team, is, my team is not, not that work. great. I don't even remember the last time you made the playoffs in our league. Well, there's a funny story about that. I have not made the playoffs in, in our, our league. league. I don't think but so. But of course, I also am a fan well, of. Because you went through the whole history of our league. Too. I know the entire history of this <laughs> league that we have. It's insane. Uh, maybe I'm a champion. You I'm are a champion. former champion. You are. You're on the trophy. That um, was my. Uh, that was the year that Dave traded me Gronkowski, and I was the Gronk. Here's the horny. thing: that no matter what, always happens. Mm-hmm. Except for like you know the couple times I've won mm-hmm. leagues. My team is always amazing for about six weeks. Dominate everybody and then fall off. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt. All of a sudden, Eli Manning's my quarterback. At least you're you're not Dave. Mm -hmm. 
Davis had a key injury every Very single true. year since Tom Brady got injured against um, the Chiefs. Yeah. Every single time he's had somebody of a key significant spot. Hell, he had Nate Keating go down mm-hmm. when Nate Keating was his starting kicker week one. Yeah. I also have a tendency to score some of the highest points, mm-hmm. but also give up the highest points. Yeah. I have a tendency to do that as well mm-hmm. in fantasy leagues. I mean, with me, I have, I have already decided since you have bought our league a trophy, mm-hmm. which I do not have yet, but I will. I will have that trophy when I win it, it currently lives at the Lions guy's house when for I the win rest it, of the offseason. When I win it this year, mm-hmm. you know what I'm doing the entire— Because here's the thing I didn't ask you okay. with how the trophy works. Yeah. So let's say I win it. It's like, so, the, it's like the Stanley Cup. I get it all the way until the next Super Bowl, right? So even through no, no, the no. regular you season? No, no, no. You get it till the draft. Oh, okay. You give it back at the draft. Because then it's a new season. It's no longer your trophy. I want to ask you this, mm-hmm. and this is me on— the internet asking yeah. you this on the internet. I want a petition okay. for when I win it this year mm-hmm. to with the commissioner's um, basically approval mm-hmm. is that even throughout the season, because I would still technically be the defending champion. I am. I want it on every onside kick just sitting right there until I lose it. If mm-hmm. I do lose it, maybe, maybe not. I just want it right. like I, Cause I'll bring it every podcast, right? Like that's my, that's my, Little plan. When I win it this year, mm-hmm. when it's, it's a beautiful mine, trophy, I'm putting it right here. You're seeing and I'm the bringing, picture. It's I know. Beautiful. I'm bringing it right here for these guys to know that mm-hmm. their champ is on the podcast. The yeah. champ is in. This is why part of me wanted to go the extra step and also buy rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like see, I, ten of them. The so thing that I wanted was a belt. I wanted like a yeah. WWE type belt. Yeah, I, I, I like. I like the trophy's cool. I know. I I'm a I'm a yeah. WWE belt guy. Bring that in, wear it. I mean, rings would be awesome too, but that's more of like a Ruxin thing. Where yeah, because then you could wear the ring. And I, I was actually going to do it and also, like, I was going to just buy like 10 of them. But then so I, I have one for then each I, year. But then I'd have to wear 10 rings and like Michael Jordan, my well, hand. Well, nine yeah, because my Mike hands, has one. My hands would get too heavy. Oh, I'm talking about starting this year. I'd have 10 rings mm-hmm. and it'd just be like, I'm too, oh man, my, my hands are too heavy. I don't want to wear 10 rings, but. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below about our kicker rankings down below or, in the comment section. Football. Whatever. The camera's probably going to die soon. That's why I went ahead and um, got off with this little housekeeping here at the end. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. If you want to help support the channel, that is how you do it. Make sure to check out the link down below in the description for our store. If you want to buy a beautiful MVP t-shirt, make sure to check out MoseVillePodcast.com where you can get MVP each and every day. And then make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and iTunes to give the Onside Kick a five-star rating and type in a little something-something about why people should listen to the Onside Kick. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.